Welcome to the 10th Region Weekly, Region Semifinals Edition on the Stay Hot Podcast. Alongside me is Evan Dennison. And Evan, this is probably one of the uh, more bittersweet weeks for me just because, you know, it's the regional tournament. I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite weeks. But then again, it means our time coming together on this podcast every Sunday is coming to an end because the high school season's about over. But, um, you know, this week starting tomorrow night is probably the best case scenario for a basketball fan. And, you know, people wanted Mason and Montgomery or Mason and Clark, excuse me, on opposite sides. But not only do we get that, we also get all four district winners in the semifinal. So if you're an average basketball fan, you better be at the field house tomorrow early and get a seat because it's going to be packed. Is it fair to say this is the four blue bloods that are left? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, especially – and MoCo make that claim, or I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think if you look at the tenth region history, I mean, Montgomery had some really strong years, and it'd be hard to say. It actually, it'd be a fun question to get some tenth region old heads and veterans. You know, Ron Bailey, Danny Wet on some of those guys to kind of weigh in on that to see who are the blue bloods of the tenth region. And um, I know. Campbell's, some people will say predicament's a little different. Just I was going to say some people will say you can't include Campbell County because they've not been in the tenth for a really long time. Or I'm talking about, you know, when you look at longevity, their years in the tenth, but that's not always their fault. You know, right. they, they um, came in mid nineties, so right. And you know, I know Harrison County in the sixties were really strong. I heard stories from my dad talking about Harrison County and you know how good they were. I know they won some uh, regional titles in the nineties when I played and. Um, but you know, that's a good question. And hopefully some of our listeners will weigh in on that, but you know, I just know we always hear about so-and-so as a district runner up, they, um, you know, had no business being in the regional tournament, whatever reason, blah, blah, blah. But nobody can say that tomorrow because we get all four district winners. And, you know, I saw you make the argument this week on Twitter. Um, there's been several times that a district runner up has went on to win the region. Um, so, um, I totally get all that. And I, you know, there's been several regional tournaments I wouldn't have uh, been able to participate in if the runner, if the district runner-ups weren't included. So I'm always going to be in favor of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's kind of silly to, to not include them if, in terms of a region tournament. You know, you if you want eight teams, it just and it it goes in cycles. You know, certain districts, certain years are a lot better. Where you know maybe the even the third best team is is better than maybe some district champs, but. Uh, it's just the way the 10th worked out this year. I mean, I think we all knew that there was four really strong teams. Rockin County could probably make a case to be in, in that four argument, but they didn't beat any of those three teams. So, or four teams, I'm sorry. So I, I think we legit have the four best teams playing tomorrow night. And as we're going to say, the only other team that can make that case in my eyes would be Bracken County, you know, just with the run they went on last year in the regional finals and, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, I know Bracken County's schedule was tougher, you know, this year and probably one of the tougher in the region. But um, I just don't feel like it ever really clicked for them this year like it did last year. And But they're the only other team in my mind that I think could make a case for being in the top four. But, you know, we're seeing, you know, if you go look at our rankings from a weekly basis, these were the top four teams perennially or annual – shoot, weekly, I should say, not annually. Weekly that me and you put in there. Now, I had Harrison above Campbell for the longest time, and then when Campbell put a whooping on them, you know, Campbell moved ahead of Harrison in my eyes, but it's been these four teams all year long and not sure that, 
you know, there was anybody even close to breaking into those four, you know, late in the season. Yeah, and I mean, it, the way it's worked out is perfect because I think you have your one versus four matchup, which is Clark versus Harrison, and then you have your two versus three, which is Mason versus Campbell. So, it, so it we're just going really we're just gonna lay it all out there for all those people and saying that the Stay Hot podcast seeded the regional tournament. And yeah, but you don't you don't like seeding though, man. No, I don't. But when all the <laughs> other when everybody else likes it. And it works out in our favor. Stay Hot Podcast will take credit for that. Absolutely. If it doesn't work out in our favor, we're going to blame KHSAA for not mandating. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> but, no, this first game tomorrow is probably um, one of the regional tournament games that I've been the most excited to watch in probably several years. And I think it's just because I think they're legit two and three in the region. And I think both of these teams have a really good chance to give Clark a game. You know, I'm glad that Clark's the opposite of these two because well, I think we're definitely going to get a very good finals. You know, and that's not to say, Clark, you know, I'm not dismissing Harrison County, but I think Harrison County's got an uphill battle, you know, just with, you know, Clark looked crazy good against Augusta in the first round. Um, you know, Harrison County played really well in their first round game, but – um I just don't think that game right there is going to be the hype that I'm looking for, like Campbell and Mason. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, your 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 big time matchup tomorrow is at six p.m. You know, it's it's two what I think is evenly matched teams. You know, they met once during the regular season, and I believe the Royals won by four, um, and that was back on let's see, January January tenth. A seventy-seven, seventy-three victory in in uh, at Campbell County. So, to my knowledge, from what I remember that game, and I talked to both Coach Russell and Coach Kirk about that afterwards. And you know, Russell said, you know, Mason County just didn't miss a shot in the third quarter, um, and they, uh, I think they were down maybe a few at half, and then built a six or eight point lead going into the fourth, and just you know held on. Um, so, a big quarter kind of prevailed them through in that first matchup, and. You know, this one really intrigues me just in terms of, of, of matchups and, and how all that plays out. You know, who's going to guard Aiden Hamilton? Who's going to guard Terrell Henry on the other side? Um, how's Campbell going to maybe – are they going to utilize the zone and, and just force Mason to shoot it um, and, and vice versa? So, uh, you know, it's it's an intriguing matchup. I think that has a lot of storylines behind it and, uh, you know, two tradition-rich programs. And, well, and the thing that – you know, I'm kind of when I was listening to you talk, I was kind of listening that, you know, Mason went to Campbell and won by four. Um, you know, this game here, albeit regional tournament at the field house, it's on Mason County's home floor. And I think we're all aware of how much better Mason County plays at home. And um, and I'm not even one of those real strong, adamant, you know, basketball heads that say, you know, it's not fair for Mason County to host it as often as they do, you know, because I'm a firm believer that on that night, the best team's going to win. Whether you're home, whether you're away, the best team's going to win. I'm not also going to say that I don't feel like they have some some advantage because they do. They practice in that gym all year long. But I don't think just because Mason County hosts the regional tournament, we can write them off and say that they're going to they're going to win the region because of that. I'm I'm not one that says that, but um, yeah. And and to back that up, I mean, Mason hasn't won the region tournament at the field house since uh, you have to go back. I mean, you have to go way back. You want to go, I think it's like 
2010, maybe? 20, really? 2009? Well. Uh, no, 2009 was at NKU. Uh, 2010. Uh, 2010, I think, was the last time they had won the region at the Fieldhouse. Well, that's tough for those home court advantage, you know, fans. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you're right. There's a lot of great matchups. Also, you know, individual players, Terrell Henry and Aiden Hamilton are both first-team all-region performers. Um, I think the key here is, and I definitely think that Campbell County plays some sort of zone or some zone at some time just because, Terrell Henry is just a nightmare matchup for just about anybody to defend. And also, I think it helps, you know, kind of slow down Riley Maston a little bit, you know, just not giving him one-on-one -on -one matchups, you know, in the interior. But, you know, Braylon Hamilton, who I thought was a key offensive piece for Mason County all year long, you know, several games I'd watch, I felt like he'd struggled from the perimeter. But, you know, coming off this first-round game where he hit 10 threes, in, you know, against Nicholas County and, you know, setting a school record passing, you know, Mace County assistant Robert Myrick, who hit nine threes in a game. You know, if he stays, you know, he obviously ain't going to hit ten threes every game, but if he stays locked in where he can hit a few, that opens up so much for the rest of the rest of the team for Mason County, and I think it just makes him that much harder to beat. Yeah, I mean, he hits ten threes again. They're, they're going to rub. <laughs> I mean – they, there, there's no doubt about that because they they need that they need that third score outside of Henry and Maston and and games like this is where I want to see um you know who's going to be that guy who's going to be the one to you know put the team on their uh, you know be that complimentary score and um you know we we talk about that a lot you know when you know Mason and Bracken met each other we we, we were wondering who for Bracken was going to be that that third guy. And I think the same goes along with Campbell too. You know, Hamilton and gross are going to get theirs, but you know, they've, they've really had their role players step up. And I've said this numerous weeks throughout this year's, you know, the, the other guys that have really stepped up for them um, all throughout the season. And it hasn't been monster performances, but it's been, you know, six to eight points getting from, you know, either Jaden Combs or Garen Jackson or, you know, Connor Wino or, you know, Mason, same, same deal. You know, is it going to be Philip Beerley? Is it going to be Braylon Hamilton? Um, you know, KG Walton, you know, who's going to be those three, four and five guys that's, that's going to make the difference in this game. Cause we, we know what we're going to get out of each team's top two players. And I, I think that's going to be a, a solid performance. So. And you've actually watched both teams. Um, a lot more than me. I, I don't actually think I've seen Campbell County play this year. I've watched Mason several times on stream. Um, and actually, I think I've seen Mason County just once in person. But, you know, when you start looking at, you know, all the intangibles of the teams and stuff, you know, do you feel like Campbell County has more depth? I know Mason County plays a lot of people, but, you know, when they play a lot of people, I don't feel like sometimes when I'm watching, they get tons of production from their bench. They all bring energy. They all do some things well. But, you know, with Campbell County, how deep are they? Can they get production off their bench? Yeah. I mean, I think you're looking at both teams being six, seven deep. You know, Jaden Combs is going to be the first one most likely off the bench for the Camels. And then, you know, Carter McClanahan is going to be the one off the bench for the Royals. And then, um, you know, from there, it's – I want to say Campbell's probably a little deeper because they can probably go seven or eight deep where, you know, they'll bring in like a, uh, a Keegan Hill if he's not in the starting lineup or –
Um, you know, maybe one other. Um, but it looks like in the first matchup, you know, Campbell played seven. Mason played two, four, six. Mason played eight with Connor Butler and Cole Horch in that mix too. So, um, you know, I, we, we know this time of year. It's 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 about you're not going deep. You're not going more than seven or eight deep, you know. If you do, you've got a very good luxury on your hand to be able to do that. But I, I was just trying to think of, you know, what's the one area that could decide the game? Because I think, you know, we know the starting fives. We know both of them have two really solid, you know, individual performers. Um, I was just trying to think, is it is it depth? What could be the one thing that could push one team past the other? Um so I just wasn't for sure how deep Campbell County liked to go. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to make a prediction, and maybe I'm wrong here, but for some reason I, I think Phillip Beerley has a big game tomorrow. I don't – you know, last year when I watched Phillip play, I saw leaps and bounds improvement from him. I thought he was really ready to make that leap. Um, this year, um, I'm not so sure – He's performed as well as he did last year. I know some games he probably has, but I think tomorrow's the night he has a big game. And that's just me taking a shot in the dark. Yeah, and I, I mean, you point at one area, and I think rebounding could be could be that one area where Mason won that battle 31-24 in the first contest and barely had uh, 11 points and eight rebounds. So That's a know, pretty good performance, yeah. Yeah, that's a big night. I mean, they get that from him. They got to be feeling pretty good. Um so and another, I, I, I another matchup that we haven't talked about is Brian Kirk versus Eric Russell. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, I've said this openly, and, of course, I may be a little biased because Brian's an Augusta alum like myself. And, you know, I grew up watching – or not really grew up because I'm older than Brian, but, we you know, I've known him my whole life and watched him play the game. And um, so I've openly said I feel like he's the best coach in the region. Um, but – if you're going to put somebody that you could say arguably is in that conversation, Eric Russell would be that guy. Yeah. I so. mean, the, the resume there for Russell is just insane over the last decade, you know, and just what he's been able to do. Um, well, and I also feel like too, that, you know, as a coach, when I will watch that game, I'm going to be watching both coaches and, you know, just kind of the chess match. And, you know, I'm always intrigued by, the different adjustments coaches make, whether it be a halftime timeout or just kind of that chess match. So um, all the way around, I just feel like this is going to be one of those instant classic can't miss, you know, you're going to want to be in the stands. And that's why I'm saying if you're an average basketball fan and you're going to want to get to the field house early, because if you show up at, I'd say if you show up at five 30, you may be parking at Hardy's walking down 68 and you may be, you know, sitting in the upper half of the um, field house, just, you know, the 10th region loves its basketball anyhow. When you get two evenly matched tradition rich programs like these two, everybody's going to want to watch it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm right there with them. I'm excited about going. Yeah. I'm going to have to hit my guy, Matt Miller up in the back parking lot and throw him a five spot to save me a spot. <laughs> yeah. Tell him put one of those orange cones. Yeah. You know, but uh, hopefully you could do Matt a little bit better than a five spot. Come on, cheap, cheap skate. I'll get him a five spot and a Big Mac, and he'll be happy. A <laughs> five spot Big Mac and uh, Fieldhouse popcorn. Yeah, he'll be good. <laughs> Man, I went to that girls regional final today at the Fieldhouse, and I had some. Or no, it was the semis I went to yesterday. I had some popcorn, man. It was good. It really <laughs> is. Um, 
All right. Um, the second matchup, once again, you got Clark and Harrison. And like I said, um, two district winners, Harrison out of the 38th, Clark out of the 40th. Um, I don't know. This this matchup kind of intrigues me, too. It's just, just because um, Harrison, just the size and, you know, I don't know if you've seen them play a lot this year in person, but they're way more physical than what I think you'd expect. Um, Caden Custard, a guard that is first team all region. Of course, you know, Clark's got Jerome Morton, um, potential Mr. Basketball. And I'd be willing to say that if he's not Mr. Basketball, of course, I know Reed Shepard's in that class as well, but what Jerome Morton's done at GRC the last few years and, you know, what he's done this year is just, you know, Mr. Basketball worthy in my mind. But I think this game has potential that it could be a decent game. I just don't know if Harrison County has the athletes, you know, but we also know Terrence Brooks will like to play that slow down type to try to keep Clark in the forties, fifties. I don't know what that offensive firepower and the way they shot and played against Augusta, if you can keep that team in the fifties or can Harrison County control the ball in the offensive end where they can run some clock and, you know, limit Clark's possessions. There's a lot of things we can ask what if about. I'm glad you finished with that final statement because tempo was going to be my my thing. You know, Harrison's got to play this game in the 50s if they can. You know, if with all with, at all costs possible, um, they cannot get into a track meet with Clark. They don't have the horses to do it. And uh, you know, if they want to make the game physical and, and ugly it up, that's what they're going to have to do to to have any shot to be competitive here. Um, you know, Clark put up what, 108 in the first game. I think that's the second most points ever in a 10th region tournament game. Um, you know, they're going to get out and go, and it, it, can Harrison stop that? You know, they were able to do that against Scott, but, you know, I think we're looking at a completely different animal now in, in Clark where, you know, they held them to 71 points the first time around when they played back on December 14th. Um, problem is they only scored 34, so – Harrison County's got to find a way to put the ball in the hole. Um, and it sounds kind of sounds kind of funny to say held them to seventy one, <laughs> but yeah. I think they average close to eighty, don't they? Yeah, I mean they're they're probably one. I, I say they're up there in terms of you know top ten teams in the state scoring wise. So you know they they've got to somehow find a way to, to make this game ugly and, and and control their tempo. I was talking to another coach today, and I was saying how you know, impressed I was with GRC in their first round game against Augusta, you know, just the shots they made, the, you know, and of course somebody said, well, yeah, they're going against Augusta's defense. I realized that. I realized with Augusta's size, Augusta's defense or whatever, Augusta played zone, but you still have to knock down 28, 29-foot shots, and they did it consistently all night long, like – like they were playing horse, you know, and regardless of the team you're playing, it's still not easy to consistently knock down 30 foot, you know, three pointers with no defense, let alone somebody closing out at you. And, you know, Perry shot well, Hampton shot well, Morton shot well. I mean, Maxwell kid, I don't think, I don't think he gets enough people to talk about him and how good he is and what his future holds, because I think he's got definitely got all the skills and gifts I think to be a really good high school basketball player. Yeah, he's, he's a, really good. He's a, I'm pretty sure he's a senior and he's he was a Oh, Maxwell is? 
Yeah, he was a quarterback for GRC this year, and I, I he had picked up an offer from somewhere for to play football. So, well, maybe it's it. just because he didn't really get a lot of minutes the last couple of years because of how so uh, of how deep Clark was. But I'm just telling you right now, he don't get talked about enough on that team. And people say it's hard to shoot at the field house, but heck, they come in there they hadn't played there all year and shoot fourteen to twenty eight from deep. So, well, and you know the one thing that. I've heard a lot of people talk about is, you know, if you remember the night before, how many points did Mason put up? 107. Clark was wanting to come in, put up 200. <laughs> put up one. You know, it just happened to be that Coach Jason Henson was uh, the first uh, road bump in their path. Um, yeah, that was uh, actually, I remember I, I fact checked myself because I think I said it was the third straight time they fourth. had drawn Clark and it was actually the fourth. Well, it's the fourth time that Jason Henson as a coach has drawn Clark. It wasn't okay. all at Augusta. Gotcha. Um, so I think the he last three one. while he was at Augusta and then one right. other time when he was with Bracken, I guess. I think so. Okay. But still, you know, what kind of luck is what kind of luck is that? I mean, I but, mean it's the draw gods, man. You know, they it is. And you know, and that's like, you know, I, I told our girls, you know, as Pendleton County earlier in the year when we were talking about the regional tournament going or whatever, they said just don't draw Clark. And I said, Well, there's one way to Avoid that when your district, mm-hmm. you know. So we were able to do that when the district, because that guarantees you're not going to play them in the first round. And uh, but like with on the boys' side, you know, you have to feel good if your Paris boys going into that region draw. You you know the one team you don't want to draw, you can't. Yeah, but, but yet they um, make draw Campbell the last two years. So. Yeah. Um. You know, when right. you got when you got a strong region like Mason Campbell Clark and you're coming in as a runner up, you're going to get one of them. You know, it's just do you, do you remember the region ever being like this though, where it's so top heavy? I mean, those first four games weren't close. I mean, yes, Scott no, did the, battle. They they battled with Harrison. It was a, it was a close game in the fourth, but you know, Harrison ended up pulling away. But I just don't recall like it being so lopsided. The, the margin of victory was what, 30s, 40s? 38 points. I made a joke, and I was like, it looked like the first round of the KHSAA football playoffs. <laughs> it really did. Um, no, I don't remember a time where every game was that lopsided. And I think that says a lot about just how strong the top half of the region is. And I just felt like in my mind that when Clark saw Mason score 107, you know, because they're tired of the talk. Mason County is ranked one in the region on KHSAA. Their RPI is higher, all that, you know. And as we've said all year long, if you're a Clark County fan or a member of the Clark County team, you know, you probably don't understand that because you've not lost a regional a game to a regional opponent in years. So, um, but I'd say they wanted to come in and send a statement as well because I thought Mason County did a good job sending that statement in the first round against Nicholas County. Yeah. And, you know, to talk about Harrison, you know, I think the X factor for Harrison County are one that could really, you know, J.D. Kendall's had a heck of a year, I think, for Harrison County. He's like a coach on the floor. Of course, his dad was a, a good high school basketball coach and coached for a lot of years. And, you know, J.D. out there, he's very high basketball IQ. He's knocked down shots from the perimeter. He defends and rebounds. And, you know, I'm just curious to see, you know, how these matchups go because I would say Morton draws the Caden Custard assignment, you know, just because I think Morton's probably their best on-ball defender, although Parrish is a solid defender as well. 
Yeah, so I think they'll, they'll, throw, they'll throw multiple bodies at him. You know, well, yeah, I was just talking about starting out and, you know, yeah. but I'd say Sam Parrish may be on Mason Smiley. Um, then you got Maxwell and Edwards. Who are, Edwards probably go furnish mm-hmm. Maxwell and Kendall. Yeah. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Hampton. Well, Hampton may draw Smiley and they may – I don't know. You know, and that may be what Terrence Brooks – Terrence Brooks may go big tomorrow. Try to create a mismatch. Does Harrison pack it in, you think, and play zone? I think if you play zone, you like I said once again, you're making Clark County shoot the ball from the you know perimeter. And if you do have a bad night from the perimeter, Harrison County can hang around. Zone also makes you have longer possessions. Um, you're not gonna be able to make one pass and get a drive or whatever. But also, I think Harrison County may be the one team in the region that, you know, has the size to rebound with Clark. Yeah. You know, and I know Mason County is athletic enough to rebound with Clark, and I know Campbell Pound. But, you know, the one thing that I think Harrison County will have tomorrow is on missed shots, they will have, you know, the size out there that can grab and secure a rebound to kind of limit GRC's possessions. I just don't know if GRC can miss enough for Harrison County to hang around. I mean, the way they shot in the field house against Augusta, I just, I don't know if I've seen anything like that in a while. I think they shot 60% on the night. Yeah. I think it looked like 14 to 28 from three. And then um, 14 of 28 from three. Wow. You hit, you hit 50% of your threes and you do it on 28 attempts. You're doing some, some pretty good things there. You're, you're probably winning the game and, you know, but I think even after two years of watching Sam Parrish in the region, I still get hyped when he goes up to dunk it because I guess it's because he's smaller, but he's so explosive, man. Yeah. It's just – it's fun to watch him – that reverse dunk or – it's just – it's fun to watch. Yeah. No, he's, he's a he's a PT peer, as Dick Vitale would say. Um, I'm curious, you know, how he doesn't really have more offers. I don't know if – you know, what – what the deal is there, but I, I think he picked up a Juco offer recently. So, well, I definitely think he's capable of playing at the next level somewhere. Yeah. My question is this who, okay, say Clark wins in the bottom half. Who is the better matchup, Mason or Campbell? Ooh. Just with matchups, personnel. What are know. your thoughts? I just think Mason and Campbell are so even. It's just either of them is, is going to be a good matchup. Um, it's it's really tough to say because both – I just think Mason and Campbell are that even. Like they're that close in terms of, you know, personnel, how they do things. Um, you know, Mason might be, you know, a little bit more athletic and quicker. Um, but, you know, Campbell's size is, is kind of underrated. You know, Aiden Hamilton's six foot four. It's not like he's a small guard. You know, he's and Gross is probably six two, isn't he? Oh, he's taller than that. He's probably is six he? five. Yeah. Wow. Connor Wild's six six and they got length all over the place. So it's uh it's an interesting question and one that I can't really give you a clear cut answer. <laughs> well, Here's, no, I mean, the thing that, is that, though, is you know, are Mason and Campbell gonna beat the heck out of each other and have anything left for Tuesday night? Well, and that tells us we got a good, we got a great game on our hands. If one, you've seen them both, and two, 
if you can't pick, you know, a clear cut, better matchup or whatever, that probably because they're both pretty even. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, man. I just, I hope it ain't one of those times where, you know, I remember getting excited for a game and get there and one team don't show up, lays an egg and ends up being a blowout. Then it's like, you're disappointed, which I don't think either team's going to blow the other one out, but I just hope it's a good basketball game. Yeah. It's, I, I think everybody going at the field house deserves two good games after, you know, what took place the first four. <laughs> An average margin of 38 points. I mean, let's give these people what they want. And usually that sounds like when a that happens, the field house delivers, man. Man, I, yeah, and, you know, March Magic at the field house is, you know, it's a real thing. And, you know, just within the 10th region, we could tell stories for the last 10, 12 years about, you know, just things that have happened in the regional tournament at the field house. So, yeah, um, I've only been here since 2016, and I could easily give you my top 10 games all time. Right. It's, and, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, the atmosphere within the field house, um, a very good high school venue. You get fans from all over come to watch. It'll be packed, it'll be crowded. And it just seems like, everybody around is just so passionate about basketball in the 10th region. And, you know, for example, you know, this podcast, I mean, you do strictly for fun and because we enjoy it, you know, over 7,000 views. I mean, it's, I mean, people, if you start talking about 10th region basketball, people, people come out. I mean, and I guess if you just look at the numbers the last few years of regional tournaments, you know, you'll see. I'd almost, I'd be willing to bet that when when the field house hosts it, there's a lot more people show up than when any other place does. And I'm not trying to get into the argument of, you know, last year and that nonsense. I just know myself been to a lot of regional finals, regional tournaments at the field house, and the amount of people that show up never disappoints. I made a joke when I worked at the ledger. I was like, yeah, I work hard for about four to five months, and then the other seven months is 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 off time because. Then it's not basketball season anymore. So that's just kind of. I mean, well, I don't. I, I still put my full attention to every other sport. But absolutely, absolutely. But there's a lot of truth to that. If if you didn't show up to cover a baseball game for a few days, you probably wouldn't hear much from anybody. No. You don't show up to write a story on basketball for a few days around here, and you've got 27 moms in your uh, inbox wanting to know why you, you didn't cover their child. Yeah, and. That's just, you know, the nature of the beast. But, um, you know, I think um, for far as news in the 10th region, um, I think we learned this week Nicholas County is going to be looking for a head coach next year. I just want to shout out uh, Coach Wrights and, you know, for always being great to work with through here this podcast and, um, always able to come on or always willing to come on, whether it be last minute, whether it be, you know, three weeks in advance notice. You know, I felt like he always came on here and gave us his time, and it's always appreciated. And I just hope the uh, people from Carlisle appreciate, you know, the work he's put in the last few years and making them an all-A contender. They had Brosser on the ropes this year, and Brosser went on to win the all-A and, you know, getting them to the region for the first time in 10 years. And, you know, hopefully we see John Michael on the sidelines again here and real soon. You know, he's a great guy, young, a 10th region guy, passionate about high school sports. So I wish him the best and I hope we see him soon. 
Yeah, that one kind of puzzled me. Um, you know, I don't know the full story or whatever, but that's uh, that's a few jobs now where, you know, we're, we've already got three coach openings, you know, and we're not even – the season isn't even over yet. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we, we wish Coach Wright's the best. I, I thought he'd – he did the best with what he had down there and, um, you know, got them to the region tournament and experience that those kids um, have never had before um, in terms of the current team. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll land on his feet somewhere, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, be able to get, get something um, down the road, whether it be in coaching, teaching, whatever, you know, he strives to do um, as he moves on with his career. Um, I agree with that. And, you know, like I said, I don't know the whole story. But, you know, being a coach myself and in the coaching business, I always find myself, you know, kind of supporting coaches and, you know, wishing them well because I've been in his shoes. It wasn't too long ago in 2015 I was in his shoes, and I, I know how he feels. I know how devastated, you know, anytime a coach loses their job, it's devastating because very few people know the amount of time, effort, hard work you put in, you know, to be successful or to put a – a product on the floor that you're proud of and and then it can all all go away in a 15 20 minute meeting at the end of the year and it's just it's tough and um but he's one of the good guys and i agree with you i you know think he'll land on his feet here soon and hopefully you know somewhere near the 10th region so get a chance to keep an eye on him but um trying to think if there's any more news in the 10th this week uh i know the 10th is with the first round of the region over now, I mean, the 10th is losing some players to graduation that have really made an impact on the region. So I know the uh, kid at Scott that was a senior, um, was it How or Hunter? Both of them are seniors. Both of them seniors? Yeah, I think Hunter made the all-tournament team. Um, those two guys, I mean, my goodness. Then uh, trying to think uh, – I don't – Nicholas County had, you know, one of – I think the hat kid, um, I think he had a really, really good season this year for Nicholas County. Um, very comp, very good complimentary player to um, Wyatt Clark and LJ Connor at Augusta. And then uh, I'm not – I know Paris had two or three seniors, whatever, and it's just, you know, and I talk about that because as a coach, I just – you know, once we lost um, in the regional tournament to Montgomery on Monday – I walked into a locker room with seven seniors who it hadn't really hit them yet that they just had played their last high school basketball game and were getting to wear that jersey for the last time. And, you know, as a coach, I walk into the locker room having no idea what I can say or do at that time that's going to make them feel any better. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. these seniors that have played – you know, and I've, I've always said, and this may not be true, but I've always said that if you're a senior and your career ends in the field house, you – you probably had a pretty good senior season. And I don't know if that's always true because people could say, well, no, it's only good if you end your season at Rupp, you know, but, you know, for small schools, you know, a lot of times if, if you get to the regional tournament, that's where your season or career ends, then that's something that you can least, you know, hang your hat on that you had the opportunity to play in the regional tournament because there's a lot of people who don't get that opportunity. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think – you know, obviously the ultimate goal is Rupp, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think if you do make a region tournament, it's a 
successful season. You know, certain programs have have different goals. You know, um, right, right, right. And, but you know, back on the senior thing, I you know, as a reporter, I, I do try and do my best in my articles to to mention those seniors in their final games. You know, because we've all been there before. You know, as, as as former athletes and whatnot. And you know, first when it all happens, you you know, your first initial thought is. Man, I ain't got to go to practice tomorrow, and you know, you, I get to go home at three o'clock. I don't have to worry about this and that. But then, when you sit home and think about it, and you do a little reflection, you know, it stings that first time when you realize that you don't have the opportunity to put that jersey on that you've represented the last four years or whatever, last two, last three, depends on how long you've been at that school that you're playing as a senior. But it's just a tough time when you know, you sit in that locker room, and especially as a coach, when you walk in, there ain't a dry eye in the locker room. And, you know, the first thing I usually tell them is, you know, there's nothing I can say right now at this point in time that's going to make it go away. It's going to make you feel any better. You know, time will heal that eventually. But, you know, right now, there's nothing I can say other than, you know, thank you for the time, hard work that you've put in to help build this program. And sometimes, you know, that's not even – that's not even enough. You know, a simple thank you ain't enough for what these kids, you know, at all schools, I'm not just talking about the four schools that just lost this week, but, you know, even the schools who didn't make the regional tournament, you know, they're seniors, you know, they still need to be commended for all the hard work they put in a practice over the four years that kind of helped build those programs. And so I just want to give a shout out to all those seniors who, you know, some we will know about on Monday you know, on Tuesday morning, we'll learn of a few more on Monday that probably just played their last game. So I just want to shout out those seniors because they deserve a little bit more credit than probably what's given. Yeah. And I mean, to, to hit back on that point, you know, when you mentioned there's no practice and, you know, maybe initially you think that, but I'm not a lot, man. I, I went into press mode for, you know, a little while once basketball was over because, you know, you build that bond with, you know, your, th- those are, those are, you know, in, in my scenario, they were my best friends, you know, and, people that you're you're you know blood sweat and tears with for four or five months and you know even beyond that when you consider off-season workouts and all the time spent together and uh boom in just a matter of one night it it, it goes away and uh it's it's tough you know and, and it's, it's, that's a life lesson that you know that people may not realize that that sports comes with is just the moments of adversity you get hit with and how you respond to those moments and and, and how you you know kind of move on and, and be successful in life and it's tough for coaches too because we spend as much time with those players than we do our own families, you know, when you look at the amount of time you spend. So you want to be able to take the pain away. But I remember telling, you know, my girls this year in the locker room after the game, I'm like, you know, don't rush out of here. You know, you know, spend some time in here with your teammates. This will be the last time that all of you are together in the same setting you know, as teammates, because, and I said, you seven seniors, because I had eight seniors that I played with. I was one of eight. And, you know, we all vowed, we were tight nipped that, hey, you know, we're always going to stay in contact. We're always going to, you know, be friends. We're going to hang out. We're going to do this or that. But I probably can't tell you. Uh, yeah, I can. We've all been together since graduation zero times. And I graduated 96. So that was kind of the message, you know, stay in here, you know, be teammates laugh, giggle, cry together, you know, hug each other before you leave, thank each other because this will be the last time because no matter how tight you are, once you leave here and you graduate from Pendleton County in May, you know, 
life's going to happen. You will not, uh, you know, very rarely will all seven of you be back in the same room at the same time. It just, and I hate that. I wish, you know, I wish, you know, would find time to do it. And I think, you know, the only time that really most of us were in the same room at the same time afterwards was a funeral. One of our classmates had passed away. So, you know, it was a funeral and, and I still think only like one of them wasn't there at the time, but it's just, so that's tough and not to get off on a tangent on that, but I just wanted to make sure I gave those seniors credit because it's, it's tough from four years of hard work, being a teammate, learning life lessons to not being able to put on that uniform again. So not to go off on a tangent there because I didn't mean to, but it's, I'm going to give you a shout out because you, you finally beat me in a pick. I think that's the first time in stay hot podcast history. So it is, it, it is the out. absolute, I didn't go back and look, but I don't remember a time. So I'm thinking it's the first and, and I'll be honest with you. I only, you know, I basically only picked Harrison County that time. Cause I remember we were both torn, but just because I've been a friend with coach Brooks for a really long time and I didn't want him to kick my butt if I picked against him. But then again, I don't know if he wanted my pick considering my record in the past, but yeah, if he really wanted to lose, he would have got some dinner from you because he you said you'd buy him dinner if, if they lost. So yeah, I'm not so sure. Uh, you can save your save your wallet then. That's good. Well, that's true. So what <laughs> are we gonna predict this week? What's your predictions this week? Didn't really talk about our predictions. You know, you got Mason Campbell and I'm gonna start um, with the easy one. I'm going Clark in that one. Well, I think we both agree on that. You got to pick this time though. You're first up. Um, I'm. I'm going with Mason County. Um, I feel like they've been the second best team all year. Um, I've talked about my thoughts and the faith I put in Brian Kirk on the sidelines, but I also think they have, they'll have the best player on the floor in Terrell Henry. Um, I just, you know, it's at the field house. There's just so many different things that makes me pick Mason County. Now I think it's going to be an instant classic. I won't be shocked if we don't get a, uh, like, uh, Campbell, Clark final where it came down to the last shot, but I'm going with Mason County. Man. All right. <laughs> Do I go against you just to go against you or what? Well, first of all, you got to think you don't work for the ledger anymore. Nope. You don't have any ties to Maysville. <laughs> you got ties to link NKY now. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm sure people let me hear it no matter what I pick, but. Uh... Oh, it don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And, you know, you won't hear a word if whoever you pick wins. I guess I got to, um, because, you know, when we turned our media picks in to win it, I had a, I don't know if I should even say it, because I might have to go against that. I don't know, man. I'm torn now. It's It's tough because. Two good coaches, two good teams, two good programs. But I'm telling you, the deciding factor is the field house floor. All right. I am going. All right. I'm going to do so it. So the way you got to look at this is, if it's a best of seven, who's the better team? 
But yeah. this is only one game. You ain't got to be the better team. True. Who's the better team tomorrow night at 6 o'clock? All right, I'm going to go Campbell County. I like when we disagree because that gives me one more opportunity to draw one game closer since I'm about 700 behind. Hey, it's re- regression to the mean, man. Yeah, but, you know. But we got to pick remember, a final because I'm not doing a podcast tomorrow night, so. No, that's the thing. Well, yeah, we, we ain't going to have time. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> I, I'm not changing. I said GRC work. was the best team all year long. And um, now I'll be ecstatic for Brian Kirk if he gets the opportunity to coach a Rupp Arena, and I'll definitely go and watch. But I just feel like Clark's been the best team. and But I will say this. Um, I think the only team last year that really gave Clark County any bit of resistance was Mason County in the semis down at Holmes. And I think it was a 10-point game. Um, so I definitely think – I think Mason County is a little bit better this year than they were last year, and I don't think Clark is as good this year as they were last year. And that's just me. I mean, I think Aiden Sloan did a lot of things for them, and um, then they had a LCA guy. Was it Tanner Walton? Yeah. So, and I'll be – and this is no knock towards Hampton and Maxwell because I think they play their roles well, but I don't think that's an upgrade from Sloan and Walton. Um, so – um, I definitely think Mason County has a better chance going into it this year, but until somebody beats Clark County, I'm going Clark County. Yeah. But I, th- I think this is – but I think this is the year that it can be done. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's – I just – you know, let's let's hope we get three good games the next two days. And even if Campbell County beats Mason County, that tells me that Campbell County has what it takes to, you know – Give Clark a game. I really do. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a basketball fan in the 10th region, the next two days ought to feel like Christmas morning. Okay. That's the way I feel. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I I, I was torn, you know, don't get me wrong, on the Campbell-Mason game. I, I just think it's that evenly matched. And, you know, you might be right where it's, it's at Mason County and they'll have, you know – Quite a few but, more fans, I'd imagine, but but I'm not down to Eric Russell. Either. I was gonna say Eric Russell's teams have always performed and played well at the field house. You know, and if if the fifth region officials on the boys' side call it anything like the girls region, and I want to say on air publicly that I thought the fifth region officials did a good job all week. I thought they let it get physical, I thought they were consistent, I thought they called, you know. A good, a good, a good week of games. I, I really did. Um, but if the fifth region boys games Monday and Tuesday get as physical as what I've seen the last few days of the girls tournament, you might, you, uh, you better strap them up. Yeah, but it's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah. And whoever handles that well, you know, which again makes me think that. Wouldn't you rather the, have that though? Huh? Wouldn't you rather have that? Depends on your style of team. Yeah. I had I had the bigs this year that could handle that. There's been mm-hmm. times in the past where I ain't had a girl over five seven that <laughs> you didn't want it to be physical because you needed every free throw. You know what I'm saying? You needed to get in the bonus early and get every free throw just so you would have a legit chance to, you know, yeah. score. Because mm-hmm. when you're playing against a team that's a lot more talented than you, 
you need points from the free throw line. But I don't I don't think we're gonna have that problem the next two days just because I feel like all four teams are really good. And you know, even with Harrison County, you know, it'll be to their advantage, I think, if the referees let them play physical with Clark. Yeah. Well, ma'am, tell me real quick. I know you covered two good games today. I saw the outcome. It's going to be Newport over Lloyd and Cooper over Cuffcath. And you got Newport and Cooper for a ninth region berth in the state tournament. So, how you feel about that one? Tuesday, 7 p.m. Uh, it's going to be another rock fight. You know, the, the, the first time those two played, it was 44 to 42, and that was – you know, almost I think close to a month ago. So I think you'll see a similar game where, you know, two good coaches, Tim Sullivan, I mean, the job he's done this year with that crew, he's lost two of his top players to torn ACLs. Um, one was a six nine big man, another was about a six six really athletic post player, um, that could just come out and stretch it too. And, you know, the resolve and the resiliency that those kids have had, uh, to get to where they are one game away from Rupp Arena is amazing and Newport's a show. Anytime you watch them, you know, they got two freshmen that are high major players um, in Taylor Kenny and, and uh, James Turner. Uh, they got one senior on the team. So they're going to be, they're going to be around, they're going to be around for a while. Um, and to me, it's a, a preview of what the next couple of years are going to look like. Those two teams now are, are, are fairly young. They got a lot of underclassmen. So should be a great game. Two great coaches. And, uh, you know, the atmosphere today was great. I mean, there was probably 4,000 plus people in there at NKU. You know, it's the first time I'd seen people sit up in the upper, upper level since I'd been there. And, uh, you know, great crowds. And I'm expecting, uh, you know, another uh, great game on, on Tuesday night. And, you know, Cooper really pulled the upset today, I think, uh, over Covington Catholic. Yeah. And I, I was kind of uh, shocked and I, I'm not upset about it. Don't get me wrong, because I'm a Tim Sullivan fan and, you know, and I'll be rooting for him just because of his connection to the 10th region. You know, that man's he started his career coaching at St. Pat. So he's coached at a small class A school. He knows what it's like to coach without all the resources and budget and stuff. And, you know, and now he's at Cooper and, you know, doing great things. And, you know, I'm not a bit shocked he's in the finals, but I'm also a big fan of Rod Snap and, you know, how hard nosed he is and how much of a personality, you know, his team plays like his personality. They're hard-nosed and, yeah, um, you know, so I'm a big fan of his. And it's – I don't know if I can make it there Tuesday. I really don't know. But I would love to watch that game. So, if it was at 6 o'clock, I'd probably do it for sure getting out of school. But it wouldn't benefit me once the day's over to go home and then drive all the way to NKU. But – is there if I do decide to go? Are there tickets at the door? Or do they do pre-sale or like? Yeah, you can get them at the door. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a pre-sale link. I don't really know what exactly what it is, but um, I'd have to look that up. I was just curious if they did online or at the door because I mean, either one's possible. But you know that's and you know just to kind of update if the tenth region the tenth region winner will play the winner of the thirteenth, right? Yeah, which is most likely going to be North Laurel would be. Hey, 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 don't be putting down my Red Hounds. Oh, is Corbin in the uh, final against them? Corbin, North Laurel finals and the boys. Upset, uh, was that an upset of them beating Harlan County or no? Yeah, probably a little bit. Harlan County, I think, was top two or three in the region all year. Um, mm -hmm. Corbin's got a nice team. They got a really good freshman and Eli Petrosky, his dad's the coach. 
Um, Eli was a really good football player this year for their team too, and state runner up. And you know they they've got a nice team, but I think North Laurel was you know beat them pretty handily. I think the time they played this year, and yeah, um, yeah. you know, and North Laurel was good before they added Gavin Chadwell. But you throw in now with Reed Shepard and Ryan Davidson and Gavin Chadwell, and they're just I, I mean I look for North Laurel to beat Corbin, but I'll be rooting for the Hounds, but. Um, so North Laurel Clark's a potential or Mason or Campbell potential first round matchup will be must see who's the ninth region play in the state. Uh, the second region, which is probably going to be Lyon County. Lyon County. Well, that could also be, you know, imagine Newport or Cooper against Travis Perry. I mean, that'd be fun to watch who gets the, um, I saw where Mel beat Ballard today, mm-hmm. so it'll be Mel Trinity in the seventh. Who's the seventh region get? Do you know? Uh, I can look real quick. Um, let's see. I'm just curious of some potential first round. And we usually do a state tournament podcast, so, you know, everything we're telling you, we'll tell you again, but I was just curious. Um, seventh plays the 14th, which I think is either Breathitt or Perry County Central. And, you know, but if I'm – I think I'll root, I'll root for Brethett there. I really like Brethett's coach. Yeah, and then I think you'd be looking at the next the next round is what everybody would look forward to because then you'd be looking at um, the 11th. If they beat the 15th, I don't really – I imagine that would be Pikeville. But the 11th is going to be um, – Catholic you know, or Douglas? Fred, yeah, Lex Catholic, Fred Douglas. And then, you know, that would be a really good second-round matchup between the 11th and 7th. Man, has Frederick Douglass just taken off in all sports? Their girls' team is the 11th region champions. Their football team was 6A state champions. I'm sure their volleyball team's good. I'm sure their soccer team's good. Their boys' team's in the finals. Somebody told me a while back that, you know, this is a while back and nobody I put any stock into, but said that their basketball teams would never be able to compete in the 11th, but their football team would just be dominant. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing their, I've ever heard. I think this is their third straight 11th region final. Do you think they got a chance against Lexcath? Oh, yeah, for sure. They've been playing really good lately. And shout out to one of my good coaching buddies, uh, Wes Scarberry. Yeah. You know, and that's another coach I always root for. He started out a model, yeah. a class A school in the 11th, or in the 11th you know, so – you know, I always like when these coaches coach small schools where they realize how tough it is. And, you know, we got some of these coaches that have always coached at 6A schools that get talent every year. So it's it's a different – I think every coach should have to coach at a Class A school. Yeah, that's a challenge for sure. It is. Yeah. But, uh, all right, man, I know it's 11 o'clock p.m. on a Sunday night. You got to work tomorrow. I got to work tomorrow. Yep. Um, we'll see you thank- tomorrow. Well, thank you for dedicating time this Sunday night. You know, we didn't get started to about 930 because you had obligations, but I've had 25 people already today ask me if we would have a podcast tonight. So, you know, we aim to please. We don't want to let anybody down. Yeah, we give them some Monday driving material. Yeah, these people from Clark are going to have a long ride. They may want to listen. There you go. All right, man. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, take care. Hey, if you get to Maysville early, want to get dinner, let me know. All right, don't forget to tell them stay tuned and stay hot. Oh, are you serious? You think I forget that? I did sound like you might have. No, we do this every week. 
have I ever forgotten? For those of you at home, stay tuned and stay hot.